Welcome to Equip This Church, Dunedin. We hope you enjoy this message from Jason Sargent. For more information, check out equipuschurch.com. A couple of uh, guys were here for Stronger yesterday, and it was a pretty awesome day. I really enjoyed it. And just as we were um, just doing praise and worship, um, I just felt like the, the Holy Spirit encouraged me to pass on uh, something that was said yesterday by uh, Pastor Jason Lozano, uh, who, was, who was ministering to us. Uh, and, and I think it's a word for someone this morning, so for you to receive it. But, but there, there has been favor and, and doors have been opened by the favor of God in your life and are being opened and will be open. But the, but the word that Jason Mazzano reminded us is that, that once God opens a door, that no man can close it. No person can close it. Nothing on here on earth can close the door that Jesus opens in your lives. Come on, if you need to keep on pushing through those doors, keep on pushing through because, because Jesus opened them for you. I thank you, Jesus, for your goodness. Thank you for who you are in our lives. So good, so good. Hey, welcome, Kiora. Welcome to those joining us uh, online. We are continuing our What Works series this morning. I've really been enjoying this series because to, to me it kind of gives some practical stuff that we can apply into our life to, to make life better, to, to live to according to the promise that Jesus established in his word, to live life in its full. That's what I love about this series. And, you know, there's been some awesome messages uh, over the last couple of weeks. And I encourage you, if you've missed them, to go back on Spotify and to take the time to listen to them. Because you will be blessed in your life. That's a promise. You will be blessed. And so this morning I want to talk about the fact that habits work. Or another title for this message could be Relationship with Jesus Works. Jesus Works. Because it's, a bit of, because it's about establishing habits in our life that connect us to Jesus. Because when we have a habit, it means that, that without much thinking, we, just, we're, we do it. Right? In fact, a, a study done by Duke University in 2006 found that 40% of our daily activities comes out of habit. So that's not about making a decision each day, having to decide what to do in this moment, but that there's a habit that's been formed in your life. You know, you, you think about getting up. If I think about my morning routine. So the alarm goes, press snooze. Alarm goes, press snooze. Alarm goes, press snooze. I strategically do that, by the way. It's not just me being lazy. I set my alarm. I hold 30 minutes before I need to get up. There's something psychological. I don't know what it is. But anyway, eventually I get up. I go have a shower, I get dressed, make the beds, do all that sort of stuff, and then go up, make, get the coffee machine going, open new version app, have a look at the word for the day, then, then time to have the coffee, time to make lunch, time to encourage the kids to get dressed, time to encourage the kids to get dressed again and again. All of this happening without me thinking too much about it. Finally get to the point where I can go do my teeth. There's a whole process within doing my teeth. Thank you, Raquel. So I, I floss, and I use the little brush, and I, then I use the bigger brush, and then I rinse. All of that stuff I don't have to think about. It's not like, oh, man, I don't feel like doing it. No, I do it out of habit because it's established in my life. I've made a decision that this is what I want my life to be. I've made a decision that I want to be at work on time. 
And so I make sure that, that things in the morning enable that to happen. I make a decision that I want clean teeth. Do stuff to make that happen. It's about making a decision that achieves the results that we desire in life. James Clare wrote a book, The Atomic Habits. And in it, he reflects on the, the idea that we can have similar goals in life. Many of us have similar goals, but, but not all of us achieve the same results. Everyone can have the, the, the goal to win rugby, but, but if you don't practice, if you don't apply it, you're not going to win the rugby. And it's this idea that, that through, through the things that we establish in our lives, the things that we, we do uh, daily or weekly or whatever it may be, that we actually get to where we want to be. We actually get to live the life that we want to live. I was listening to a podcast by Craig Rochelle, and he used this line, successful people do consistently what others do occasionally. Successful people do consistently what others do occasionally. And, and you see, it's this idea at work in our lives. If we, want to, if we want to do well at work, then we've got to consistently work hard. If we want to do well with our family, then we have to consistently, we have to have a habit of being present with our family. If we want to uh, run a marathon, we have to have the habit of running. I can't go out and do a run around the block today and think I can run the marathon tomorrow. And if we want to grow closer to God, if we want to be more like Jesus, we have to have the habit to, to be in relationship with him. We have to choose to, to want to, to spend time in his presence. We have to choose to, to praise him, to, to spend time praying, to spend time in his word. But I also want to be clear at this moment about two things I'm not talking about today. One, one, I'm not talking about, uh, about salvation. I'm not talking about uh, the fact that you are more saved or less saved. You're saved. Once you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, that moment of salvation, you're saved. It's not what you do or don't do after that moment. So that's not what I'm talking about. I'm also not talking about uh, having religious rules or, or doing something out of, out of repetitive behavior. You know, we just sang this morning... Uh, we're not going through the motions, but I choose to praise you. It's not about going through the motions of it, but it's actually a deliberate decision on our part to actually spend that time with Jesus in his presence. I love what the psalmist wrote in Psalms 119, verse 112, the longest psalm in the Bible. I have inclined my heart to perform your decrees to the very end. Inclined. It's an action thing. That, that we choose to, to incline our heart. We choose to, to incline what we're doing to Jesus, to bring him glory, to, to acknowledge his presence. That we're not just doing it out of repetitive uh, going through the motions. But our heart is inclined towards him. You know, sometimes, sometimes myself, I have to, to check my heart because... Have I let it recline? Have I let it recline? And I need to choose to again to incline it towards Jesus. That it doesn't just become about going through repetitive tasks. It doesn't just become about going through the motions, but it's a deliberate choice to have a relationship with Jesus because it works. And to do it until the very end. 
Let's pray this morning. Lord God, I, I thank you for all that you are in our lives. Lord, I, I thank you that, that you chose us. Lord, I thank you that, that you chose to, to have relationship with us. And Lord, that, that this morning as we, as we get into your word, I thank you that your Holy Spirit is present. And, and that your Holy Spirit will just highlight things in our life where we can choose to, to, to realign with your word, realign with your promise. We can choose to incline our heart towards you. Lord, we can, we can choose to, to establish a habit in our life for relationship with you. Jesus' mighty name, amen. See, the thing, thing is, as I said before, it's not, it's not about uh, whether you're saved or more or less saved because you're saved. But it is about relationship with Jesus. And as I was thinking about this, I was thinking about the, about the idea of a family, right? The idea of a family. So I am married to the wonderful Tammy, and I have two amazing children, Sophie and Jed. We have a marriage certificate which confirms our relationship, and I have birth certificates which confirm my relationship as dad. Now, if I go home this afternoon and say to them, hey, by the way, guys, we are family, all right, because we've got documents which prove that, but, but here goes the thing, from now on, I'm going to give you an hour and a half of my week, you, you get an hour and a half of my week, and, and the rest of the time is me time, the, the relationship can still be there, but it's not going anywhere, the relationship can still exist, but we're not growing closer, when we're not, we're not getting the benefits, we're not getting the fruit out of that relationship, because we're not choosing to spend the time in it. And as we establish those habits in our life, that's, that's the decision that we're making. The decision that we're making is to spend more time in His, in his presence, more time in relationship with Him. John 15, 1 to 17. Message translation. I am the real vine, and my father is the farmer. He cuts off every branch of me that doesn't bear grapes, and every branch that is grape-bearing he prunes back, so it will bear even more. You are already pruned back by the message I have spoken. Live in me, make my home in me just as I do in you. In the same way that a branch can't bear grapes by itself, but only by being joined to the vine. You can't bear fruit unless you're joined with me. I am the vine, you are the branches. When you join with me and I with you, the relation intimate and organic, the harvest is sure to be abundant. Separated, you can't produce a thing. Anyone who separates from me is dead, wood gathered up and thrown on the bonfire. But if you make yourselves at home with me, in my words are at home in you, you can be sure that whatever you ask for will be listened to and acted upon. This is how my father shows who he is. When you produce grapes, when you mature as my disciples, I've loved you the way my father has loved me. Make yourselves at home in my love. If you keep my commands, you'll remain intimately at home in my love. That's what I've done. Keep my father's commands and made myself at home in his love. I've told you these things for a purpose, that my joy might be your joy, and your joy wholly mature. This is my command. 
Love one another the way I loved you. This is the very best way to love. Put your life on the line for your friends. You are friends. You are my friends when you do the things I command you. I'm no longer calling you servants because servants don't understand what their master is thinking and planning. No, I have named you friends because I've let you in on everything I've heard from the Father. You didn't choose me. Remember, I chose you and put you on the world to bear fruit, fruit that won't spoil. As fruit bearers, whatever you ask the Father in relation to me, he gives you. But remember the root command, love one another. There's two things I want us to take from the scripture this morning. The importance of our connection to Jesus and the importance of that relationship and our life and the fruit that we're going to see. That without that connection, without, without that relationship with Jesus, that we're not going to see the fruit that we're believing for. We're going to see the favor that we're believing for. And I think of the fruit, the, the love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And, 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 I, and I think about my life, and, and I want to see that across the areas of my life. Across my time, across my talents, across my treasures. Not, not, not just one part of it, but across every part of it. And it's when I choose to be in relationship with Jesus, choose to spend time with him and his presence, that I start to see those things. And it's through that repetitive nature. It's not just, as I said before, I can't go and run around the blocks once and run a marathon tomorrow. I, I can't go do one of these things to, to tomorrow and, and believe that everything's going to change. Now it's about that ongoing consistency, that faithfulness of, of continuing to do it, even in the hard times and the, the easy times. That if we stay connected through these spiritual habits, that we'll know the peace in our lives. Because the thing is that we're always going to face challenges, Right? There's always going to be stuff that happens in life. There's always going to be setbacks that occur. But if you ask me, if, if I can have peace in my heart around those things, it makes it so much easier. It doesn't necessarily take it away, but it gives me a confidence, that it gives me a hope that things are going to work out for the good because that is a promise that was established with us. Let's take a look at Philippians 4, 8 to 9. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me. Everything you heard from me and saw me doing, then the God of peace will be with you. You'll know that peace when you face that setback, when you come across that crisis, when you get that diagnosis, when there's a hurt, when there's offense, that we can return to the peace of God that surpasses all we'll understand that we'll find nowhere else but through Christ, through our relationship with Him. Because we've chosen to make that relationship a priority in our life. We've chosen to establish the, the, these Things in our life to, to ensure that, that daily we get to know relationship with Jesus. A peace that surpasses all understanding. You know, I think of, of Daniel. 
And in Daniel 6, it tells the, the story of, of him and his account with a lion. And I want to share it this morning, just not reading through all of it, but telling the story of, of what occurred. So there's Daniel, and, and he's a leader. And in, in fact, amongst 120 leaders, the, the king sees him as the leader, uh, the one with the, the greatest gifts on his life and, and that sort of thing. And, and so as this relationship between the king and Daniel progresses, the, the other leaders start to, I guess, become a little bit jealous of this relationship. And so the thing about Daniel uh, is that he has been praying three times daily. So, so he commits three times daily to, to getting into God's presence, to praying to him. And the king just thinks he's a, he's a wonderful, amazing leader. Uh, and the other leaders start to, start to conspire. How can, we, uh, how can we push him off his perch, so to speak? And, and initially they're like, okay, well, let's go explore every aspect of his life. Let's do an audit on everything. And the thing is they find nothing. Because he is integral, he is noble, he is a man of his word, he is honest. Because, because that is his character, that is who he has chosen to be. And so eventually they, they just go, well, how about if we trick the king into issuing this decree that, that no person uh, shall pray to anyone but the king for the next number of days, this will finally, uh, this will catch Daniel out because he won't be able to give up on this prayer thing that he's doing uh, three times daily. And so they managed to convince the king to, to issue this decree and comes to, eventually comes to the king's attention that, hey, this has been happening and he's got to return to the law that he set. And, and, and Daniel ends up in, with the lions. But the thing is, he made it through that. He didn't get attacked by the lions and, and I suggest to you this morning that, that, that his, his daily prayer, his three-time daily prayer, God help me, God help me, God help me, was what saved him when he got put into that, that setback of being in a lion's den. That, that he was protected in that moment. It wasn't something that he had just done the day before, but no, he had a history of praying daily to the king, uh, to the God, to God. Not just Daniel who had habits. Joseph had a habit of seeing good in people, I believe. David, a, a, a habit of being diligent and tending to the flock. Paul, a habit to praise. Mary, Joanna, and Susanna, a, a habit uh, to, to give. And obviously, a Shunammite woman had a habit of making room for God when she made room for Elijah at that time. You know, all these, all these habits that, that led to phenomenal things happening led to God moving in phenomenal ways because people chose to, to make it part of who they were, to spend time in his presence, to have relationship with Jesus. See, in, in 1 Timothy, it, it says this in verse 4, 6 to 10. You've been raised on the message of the faith, and we have followed sound teaching now pass on this counsel to the followers of Jesus there, and you will be good servants of Jesus. Stay clear of silly stories that get dressed up as religion. Exercise daily in God. No spiritual flabbiness, please. Workouts in the gymnasium are useful, but a disciplined life in God is far more so, making you fit both today and forever. You can count on this. 
take it to heart. This is what we've thrown ourselves into this venture so totally. We're banking on the living God, Savior of all men and women, especially believers. He continues in 1 Timothy 15, 16. Cultivate these things. Immerse yourself in them. Immerse yourself in them. And so it's not just about once, but it's about choosing to be fully committed. The people will see you mature right before their eyes. Keep a firm grasp on both your character and your teaching. Don't be diverted. Just keep at it. Just keep at it. Both you and those who hear you will experience salvation. Come on, if we're not here to see the salvation of our family and friends, of those in our community, those in our worlds, come on, here, here it goes. It's living out these things in our life. It was awesome. Yesterday we, we had a panel at Strong and, and guys talking about what faith looks like in their workplace and, and talking about how it's, it's living out who I am. It's remaining joyful. It's remaining cheerful. Being integral. It's acknowledging Jesus. And then, and then stories of, of just where people have, oh, that's why you're like that. And it sets a seed in them that, man, if I could live like that, if I, if I could live in joy and in peace, that even though I know there's stuff going on in their world, but, but there's something about them which... It's just joyful. It's just peaceful. They start to ask the question, how, how can I have that? How can I have that? Opens up that conversation. The exercise daily. That it creates fitness for us today and forever. It's like Daniel. Prayed daily. And it created a fitness in him that lasted Forever run through the setbacks. To immerse ourselves in these things. To keep a firm grasp on our character. That as we start to do these things in our life, as we, we make the decision to, to incline our heart towards Jesus, that we begin to see the fruit that we're believing to see. We get to see the promises that we're believing for. We get to live that life and life in its abundance that we have been promised through his word. And so I want to share a few habits that, that, that I have installed in my life that have helped me. And I'm going to share uh, the, the scripture which, which gave me the, the revelation around it, because as I, say, I think it's important that, that we don't just do these things um, to go through the motions, that we do these things because we want to incline our heart towards Jesus, we want relationship with Him, because when we are connected to Him, that's when we get to see the fruit. And so, so I have a habit to be in community. Pastor Will's favorite, uh, favorite scripture, Hebrews 10, 24 to 25, and let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as we see the day approaching. Choosing to be in an e-group, to meet with, with the guys on, on a Thursday morning, a Saturday morning. Being in those places and being encouraged. 
So I set my alarm to make sure that I'm, I'm going to be at eGroups in my diary. Choosing to be part of an e-team in community with those who are serving in the house. Being involved in, in, in the world that, we, that we're in, whether it's in our workplaces, whether it's in school, whether it's in, in, in university, polytech, wherever it may be, at the school gate. But choosing to, to be part of that community. About two years ago, I decided to become involved in Coast Guard, partly because I love boating and, and partly because I love to help people. But also that, that there's an opportunity to, to go into, into this community and, and just share God's love, to, to, to share uh, who God has made me to be, that, that, that I get to walk in peace and joy and the, and, and the, and the hope that, that someone sees that and that they want that for their life too. Because when we put these things into, into practice, we see the salvation. And so even though I'm an introvert, and by the way, introverts doesn't mean that we don't like people. It just means we get our energy from somewhere else. We can still be in community and be an introvert. Uh, but, but to choose, hey, I know that if I hang out with these people, that they're going to encourage me, that they're going to help me, that they're going to be friends with me, that they're going to believe with me, that they're going to pray with me. The fruit of being, of a, of a habit of community is joy, is peace, is friendship. And if we make that decision today, and keep on, keep it going on our life, it's what you'll know. Chose a habit to be in church. Psalm 84.10 says it like this, and I know no better way to say it. Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. Now, as I mentioned before, I love to go boating. And so there was a, there was a time in my life, a number of years ago, where, where over summer, that is what, what I'd do. Is that it, it, we'd go through to Twizel and spend the weekend boating. But I came to this, this point where I was like, just a minute. Better is one day in your courts, better is one day in church than a thousand elsewhere. And that, that includes boating. That includes boating, believe it or not. But, but see, but Tammy and I made a decision. No, we are going, as a family, and in this household, we choose to prioritize to be in church on a Sunday. In fact, so much so that that's what Sophie and Jed know, that uh, they, go th they go and talk to people and they're like, hey, so uh, where are you going to church this Sunday? Because they just believe that every person goes to church. Come on, amen, can we have everyone believing that everyone should go to church? But it provides a place for a, when we come to, to worship and to praise and community with others. I remember back to, to when we came out of lockdown in uh, 2020, was it? We'd had like six or seven weeks of, of church at home. And, and, and initially, that for me, as an intro, I was like, yeah, great. <laughs> but I came back to that first Sunday in church, and I was like, wow, I missed that. That was so good for my heart, so good for my soul, to be in community with people, to come and praise and to worship together, to acknowledge our God and how good he is together to believe together for things, to, to, to pray with one another, to be encouraged by his, by his word together. 
to have an impact in our life. Week starts better if I'm in church on a Sunday. And so, so the fruit of, of the habit to be in church is that my week starts better, that I grow stronger, and that my faith increases. Also choose to have the habit to, to tithe and to be generous. It comes from Proverbs 3, 9 to 10. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing, and your vats will brim over with new wine. Malachi 3, 10 to 12. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out such blessing that you will that there will not be room enough to store it. I will prevent pests from devouring your crops, and the vines in your fields will not drop the fruit before it is ripe, says the Lord Almighty. Then all the nations you will call you blessed, and yours will be delightful land, says the Lord Almighty. Tithing is a, is a biblical principle that, that Tammy and I both believe in. But, it, but there's been a journey with that, right? It's been a journey. And I remember right back to, to when I was a kid going, going along to Sunday school pretty much to get a badge for Boys Brigade in the day. Uh, and, I'd, and I'd take along uh, a dollar or 15 or whatever it was that, that mum and dad had given me. And, uh, and, and I thought, hey, when I place that into, into the bucket, that's what buys my cookie after church. If, if, I lose my, if I lose my dollar coin on the way, no cookie after church. And, and then, then you read the word and you start to understand what's going on here. But, you know, we, we've journeyed through that. And, and now that, that's a regular part of, of who we are as a family, that we believe in tithe and we bring our tithe into the storehouse. Now, I'm, I'm not going to stand here and say that, you know, we've been given a huge amount of money. Here goes a million dollars. Go, go enjoy it. That, that hasn't happened. But, but what has happened, uh, and I can honestly say has happened, is, is that there is a peace uh, that comes around our finances. So, so it's not something that, that, that keeps me awake at night. It's not something that I, that I worry about because I know God has it in control. That I trust him and he governs it. That I can, I can rely on that and that creates a peace. And it's that, that, that same thinking with, with generosity. You know, when we have guest ministry through, we'll, we'll always honor that guest ministry with, with an offering. And... and a couple of years ago when, when that came up, I'm going to be, confession time, I'm, I'm going to be honest. It was, for me, what I put down to go through it was based on what I thought of the message that morning or that evening. I'm, I'm, hey, honest. All right, there's a prophecy from, whoa. <laughs> now, but, but what I realized, right, is doing that, 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 was, my, that was my childhood thinking that, that what I gave brought my cookie after church. That my, that my heart was, was reclined in that moment, that, that I was just there to, to, to receive and, 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 and not, to, not to choose to give. And so, so there was a moment of revelation where it was like, no, no, we're going to choose to give a particular amount every single time there is guest ministry. And, and occasionally we'll revisit that and, and, and adjust things, but, but, it, but it's a decision that as soon as there's guest ministry in the house, this is what we're going to give. And as I say, there's a peace 
the, the, the fruit of, of, of having a habit to tithe, of having a habit to be generous, it is peace with our finance. It's provision. I choose to have a habit uh, to choose to forgive. Matthew 18, 21 to 22 says it like this. Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. Endless number of times. He goes a step further in Luke 6, 27 to 31. But to you who are listening, I say, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. If someone slaps you on one cheek, turn to them the other also. If someone takes your coat, do not withhold your shirt from them. Give to everyone who asks of you. And if anyone takes what belongs to you, do not demand it back. Do to others as you would have them do to you. But here it also goes in Proverbs, great wisdom. Proverbs 10, 12. Hatred stirs up quarrels, but love makes up for all offenses. Love makes up for all offenses. A decision to choose to forgive, a decision to choose to love the person who may have just done wrong to you. But again, it's been a journey for me. A number of years ago, I was, I was working in a very different workplace to where I am now and, and had a manager. And, and initially, we got, on, we got on all right. In fact, we, we shared a love of Omega Plums, and he introduced me to Omega Plums, and he'd bring me in Omega Plums every so often. But then, I don't know, something happened, and, and, and he started to say unkind things and, and started to say unkind things about me to others. And, and that hurt. It caused offense. And for a long time, I, I kept hold of that that offense that I, that I hadn't forgiven. And what I, what I began to realize, well, actually not, not me, it was God pointed out to me one day during, during praise and worship, another reason to be in church, another reason to praise and worship him, is that, that by carrying that offense, by not forgiving that person, that it was becoming a barrier in other relationships. It was causing anxiety coming to work, because like, man, what happened there? Could it happen again? Like, is everything okay? But in that moment when, when I started that process of forgiving that person, to the point where, if, you know, if he was walking towards me and I was, I'd happily shake his hand, it gave me freedom. A new level of freedom that I, that I had not known up to that point. It opened up friendship. Because, because the fruit of forgiveness is freedom, it's joy, it's fun, it's laughter, it's friendship. It clears a lens that we can otherwise apply to too many things in our life which hold us back. A habit to, to spend time with God, to, to be in prayer, to be in His Word, to, to have devotional time. Again, you know, I'm journeying with this one. I'll be honest, I, I don't spend as much time as I'd like to in devotional time with God. 
don't pray as much as I'd like to. But, but it's about a journey. It's just about starting. It's about, about choosing, hey, each morning I will open uh, Uversion Bible app, not just for the streaks, because that would be a recline position, but, but, but because I want to get from his word this morning, because I want to spend time with him. I want to see what he has to say to me this morning. I want my day to start from a place of truth, not of, not of lie. Matthew 14, 23. So this is where we can learn directly from Jesus. After he had dismissed them, so we're talking about Jesus, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone. See, I, see, I believe church is important. I believe coming together in the community is important. Uh, but also creating that time for, for you and God to, to hear intimately from him is important. You know, as I mentioned before, I'm part of Coast Guarding. If we go, have to rescue a boat from, uh, from out at sea, then, then for, for a while we'll be towing it with quite a long line, and that lets us cover a lot of ground and go reasonably quickly. And, and that, to me, kind of the revelation that I had around that is that's kind of like being in church. On we cover a lot of ground. There's a lot of stuff done, a lot of things tended to. But, but then, uh, then as we come closer towards, towards shore to the dock, uh, we position our boat alongside the other boat to maneuver it to where we need it to be. And I believe that when we get into that time with Jesus, when that alone time with him through, through devotion, through prayer, through whatever it may be, that that is when he gets to maneuver us around some stuff that we've got going on in our lives. Because it's that intimate moment. It's just you and him. Just me and him. Another thing I'd just share at this moment because it uh, helped me a lot is, is just to know that, you know, there's, there's many ways to hear from God. You know, I, I remember when I was, uh, in fact, even not that many years ago, I was like, man, I haven't heard audibly from God. I haven't heard him like this. I, I, I just assumed it would be this great bellowing voice from, from my high. And I was like, God, like Jesus, I'm, I'm spending time in devotion. I'm coming to church. I'm doing these things, but, but I'm not hearing directly. And other people are talking about hearing from you. Like, have we got a bad, like, have I rung the wrong numbers? Like, what's, what's happening here? Is there something I've done? Have I offended you? Uh, by the way, you cannot offend Jesus. Uh, <laughs> but, but, but what I realized is that, hey, there's actually multiple ways to hear from him. So even, even right now, it's my prayer that, that as we've been in his word this morning, that through me, what I've shared, that you've heard from him this morning. That, that is a way of hearing from Jesus. But, we, but there's also, other, sometimes people will see things. But there's also this knowing or this feeling. You know, sometimes during my week uh, at work, there'll be, just all of a sudden, something will come to mind, and, and it kind of won't let go, and it's something about, you know, maybe the Sunday coming up, or something going on, and it's like, hey, I, I just need to go and probe this a little bit more, ask, ask a question, or, or look into this further. And always, always, it's like, whoa, if I hadn't gone and done that thing, which I had absolutely no idea I needed to do, uh, something wouldn't have worked later on down the track, and, that could have only been God. It could have only been the Holy Spirit in that moment. And, and so I just encourage you, be, be open to hearing from God. 
and those times. The fruit of, of choosing to have a habit to be closer to God, to spend time with Him, is, is having our tank full. Having stuff that we can rely upon. Having truth in our lives. Having hope, having confidence, faith in our lives. Other great habits, journaling. To regularly encourage people. To prophesy, to serve. Things that we've talked about, to be kind to people. Great habits to have established in our life. And as I mentioned before, I encourage you to go back and listen to the Spotify over the last couple of weeks. And I'll get ask the team to come up and join me if that's all right, please. And so, so I want to make things a little bit practical now for us, just for a moment. Because, you know, I referred earlier to my morning routine, started with the alarm going, and, and it eventually got me to a place where I was on the way to work in time, not too stressed. But, but the, 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 the trigger, the, because the outcome that I wanted, the outcome I wanted was not to necessarily get up, the outcome I wanted was to get to work in time, that, that was what I was working towards, I had to have habits in my life to get there. The trigger was the alarm going. Can I encourage you this week to make a decision to, to establish a trigger uh, in, in your week which will encourage you to, to step into the habit that, that, that the Holy Spirit highlights to you today? What that might look like is that might look like uh, choosing to, to write in your, on your calendar, in your diary, or, or set an alarm to be at e-group. It might be after the service going and seeing one of our, our team leads, Ryan, Amy, uh, Anna, uh, the kids team leaders, Anna and Rob, and say, hey, can I come and serve our coffee team, our hospitality team? It might be that, that when it time, comes time to, to go to bed, if, if we want our habit to be that in the morning we're going to get into the Word, is to place the Bible beside our bed or to place the Bible on our, on our dining table for, for when we get up there, when we get to it. To set something to, to remind you. Because then what you'll start to see happen is, is these triggers will, will occur and you'll do the thing and, and there'll be reward. There'll be fruit from it. There'll be peace from it. It'll sustain you. It'll make you fit for that day and forever. And so I don't know what it is for you today, whether it's a, it's a habit that, that you want to start, whether it's a habit that, that you once started and you want to reestablish, or per, perhaps it's one of those situations where it's like, oh, I've been going through the motions, but, but I've been reclined. And today I want to incline my heart again towards Jesus. I want to put the focus of this back on him. Not on me, not on the things of this world, but, but on Jesus. Not on the streaks, but on Jesus. Please stand with me. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I, I thank you for your Holy Spirit. I thank you that, that as we have gone into your word this morning, 
Lord, that, that your Holy Spirit has just highlighted things to us. Lord, I, I thank you for how your Holy Spirit works, that, that it's just an, a gentle encouragement. Lord, you know what, what we can deal with. And Lord, that you've highlighted those things to us today. Lord, that, that as we go into this week and into this month and into this year to, to establish these habits in our life, that, that you are with us. You guide us. You help us. You show us. You remind us. And Lord, that, that in all of us, this, our heart is inclined towards you now and forever. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for listening to this message recorded live at Equipus Church Dunedin. We pray that it blessed you. For more information, please check out equipuschurch.com.